This, come on up. This, this, ladies and gentlemen, this. It's amazing, isn't it? We just take a moment, look at this and go, wow, that's it's just fabulous. I don't know what it is. I'm going to explain it to you. So glad you asked. This represents salvation. This box, it's a free gift to every single person here today. Salvation. We all kind of go like, oh, that's fantastic. Pastor Phil, I'm just going to move this over here. We all kind of go like, oh, that's great, you know, salvation. And, and we all kind of say like, I would like to receive the gift of salvation. So if you just hold out your hands like this right here. Come on, everyone, everyone. I just wanted to stare at Amelia and see if she did it or not. She, she like took longer than everybody else. She was kind of like, you know, that kind of oppositional defiance to authority kind of moment. You know, it's like, I don't know whether I'm really going to or not, but, but if you just stare at them long enough, they love you enough to do it. Not now, she's folding her arms, but you know, try not to highlight. But I feel like everybody says, yes, I want to receive the gift of salvation, but salvation is massive, right? Like salvation is so big. And I think what happens is we kind of get overwhelmed or we just say, yes, I've got the gift of salvation. But what I want to do this morning, if you bear with me, is to unpack a few things. Because I feel like salvation is this massive overarching gift that is offered. But what I really want to do is unpack it, is look at what salvation has been offered. And I'm going somewhere with this, trust me. You'll like it, some of you. I'm not sure about the others, but some of you are going to really like it. So we're going to start with this concept of salvation. Everyone say salvation. salvation. And then we're going to take this and we're going to go, salvation involves the concept of forgiveness. So we're going to take forgiveness out. We're going to go, that's awesome. Forgiven. But I feel like forgiveness, and I didn't do it before because it would require me to do extra work and I didn't. So, But I feel like forgiveness has another gift within forgiveness, Right? Because everyone goes, yes, I'll receive forgiveness. But I want to ask a couple of you today, I really want to eyeball some of you and I'm, and I'm not going to. But I, no, I don't want to wait. I'm slowing this down. Wait a minute, it's not the human moment. Because I feel like the gift of forgiveness is so big. But within that gift of forgiveness comes the gift of forgiving yourself. And sometimes we go, yes, I want salvation, it's awesome. And we go, God's going to give you forgiveness. And you go, yes, I'm going to receive his forgiveness. And then he goes, oh, no. within that gift is another gift. It's called forgiving yourself. And some of you this morning, that could be the end of my message for you. You could just pause right now, write that down and spend the rest of the morning with the Holy Ghost. Because some of you, you just need to forgive yourself. God has given you this huge gift of forgiveness and within this forgiveness is the forgiving of yourself. It's a gift within a gift within a gift. For some of you, maybe you just need to take the gift of forgiveness and, and give that to somebody else. Salvation is so big. And I think when we fail to unpack it, it's as though we go, I've got salvation and God goes in salvation within the gift of salvation, there's forgiveness. And you go, yes, I'm taking forgiveness. He goes, within the gift of forgiveness is forgiving yourself. 
You go, yes, I'm taking that. He goes, within the gift of forgiving yourself is also forgiving others. And I feel like sometime we get to this point, it's like getting the electric scooter for Christmas. And you get this big electric scooter. I haven't got one, but if there's anybody wondering what to get me for Christmas, that's a great gift. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'd prefer a Chrysler. Anyway, <laughs> stop. I feel like we have this incredible gift of salvation, then we get to the gift of forgiveness, and then within the gift, there's a gift, within a gift, there's another gift, and within the gift, there's another gift. And sometimes we open up the gift of the electric scooter, but we can't be bothered opening the charging dock. And so we're kind of pushing this scooter around. We go, I've got a scooter, it's so exciting, I've got a scooter. And you're like, man, you are not using that to its potential. You are not enjoying it to its potential. Because to enjoy it to its potential, you don't just unpack the scooter, you need to unpack the charging station. And you need to put it together and you need to actually connect it and charge it up. Within salvation is forgiveness. Within forgiveness is forgiveness of yourself. Within forgiveness of yourself is forgiveness for other people. Can we just take that moment? I'm actually going to stop and ask you, would you just, actually, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. We're going to join on a journey for a moment. Just close your eyes, everybody, including me. But I'll stop walking so I don't fall over. Have you? Have you forgiven yourself? Have you received that gift of forgiveness? And have you forgiven yourself? And if you haven't, even right now, just say, Holy Spirit, can you... Can you help me to forgive myself and release the bitterness and the shame and the guilt that I, that I count against myself? If God's not keeping a record of your wrong because He's given you the gift of salvation and He's given you the gift of forgiveness, then you don't have a right to not forgive yourself. Otherwise, what you're saying is, I'm right and God, you're wrong and you made a mistake. And God didn't make a mistake. And maybe for others, you need to say, God, I actually really want to forgive so-and-so. Maybe don't say it out loud, especially if they're sitting next to you. But just take a moment. God, I need to forgive. I need to forgive so-and-so. See, to, to accurately unwrap salvation, you need to continue to work at unwrapping what salvation contains. Can I go to the next one? You can open your eyes in case some of you fall asleep out there. See, the Apostle Paul says you've not only received that, but you've received the gift of grace. And so we pull out the next gift and we go, you've got a gift of grace that's there. In Ephesians 2 verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not of yourself, it is a Gift. Everyone say gift. Yes. It's a gift. He goes on, he says, not of works. Not of works. You don't got to work for this gift. Otherwise, it's not a gift. It's a wage. It's a payment for something you did. It's not a gift. But he says, it's not of yourself. It's not of works. It's a gift. Within this salvation is a gift of grace. How often do we not receive his grace? and walk in His grace and unwrap His grace and enjoy His grace. And we try and work for it. And the minute you work for it, it's no longer grace. 
The minute you work for it, it's no longer a gift. So he says, stop trying to work for and earn the gift of salvation. Stop trying to work for and earn the gift of grace. It's a gift. And he wants to say to you this morning, I'm giving you a gift of grace. You may have made mistakes. I'm giving you a gift of grace. You may have blown it. You may have done some stupid things. I'm giving you the gift of grace. I'm giving you the gift of forgiveness. I'm not going to hold account and keep a record of your wrongs. I'm giving you the gift of forgiveness. He says, I'm going to give you the gift of righteousness in Romans 5.17. He says, For if by one man's offence death reigned through one, much more those who received the abundance of grace and the gift, everyone say gift. gift. The gift of righteousness. What is righteousness? It means I have right standing with God. When Jesus was praying, we've been looking at this the last few weeks, when Jesus was praying in John 17, it's not on the Scriptures, Courtney, so you're safe. But when Jesus was praying in John 17, He prays in John 17, 21, He prays in John 17, 23, and in verse 21, He says that they, they would know you love them with the same love that you love me. I don't know about you, but I have no problem knowing that God the Father loved His Son, Jesus. I struggle a little bit to think that God loves me the same way, with the same love, the same measure. Can you just take that, man? He loves you. No, no, you don't understand. I've blown it. You don't understand. I've made mistakes. You don't understand. I've done things wrong. You don't understand. I haven't worked. If you worked for it, it wouldn't be a gift. The gift of right standing with God is given to you so that you can stand in His presence, not clothed in your own righteousness, not because you've done something great, but because Jesus did something great. And He said, I will love them the same, exactly the same measure and the amount that I love Jesus, my one and only Son. Whoa. Some of you this morning need to receive that gift of righteousness and right standing with God. Receive it, unpack it. Enjoy it. Remind yourself of it. Remind yourself. Every day, God, I'm righteous. Not because of me. You know, who, put your hand up if you feel funny when you say I'm righteous. Is it, put your hand up if you've ever said it. Anyone ever said, put your hand up if you've ever said, God, I'm righteous. Put your hand up if you've never said, God, I'm righteous. Awesome. Everyone stand to their feet, please, right now. Please stand to your feet. Hold out your hands like this first. You ready? And say, Father God, please give me the gift of righteousness. Within your salvation is righteousness. I receive that gift. Now I want you to put your hand up in the air and say, Father God, I am righteous. And you love me the same as you love your son, Jesus. Stay there for a minute. Man, let that settle on some of you. You are righteous. You are in right standing with the creator of the entire universe. He loves you. Man, right now I'm just standing here with my arms lifted, just basking in the fact that I'm righteous. I'm righteous. I'm righteous. I'm right. I got right standing. Man, I've made so many mistakes, but he has clothed me with his righteousness. It's not based on what I've done, but what he did for me on the cross of Calvary. I'm righteous. Oh, thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Father. You know, sometimes when I do that, by the way, you can put your hands down in case you get your shoulders are getting tired, you know. For those people who maybe don't lift their hands enough, your t- shoulders get tired. Me, I'm Pentecostal. I could stay like this for ages. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, sometimes, sometimes if you go back to the worshipping and you go back to the waiting and, and entwining, sometimes, sometimes I'm that guy, if you've ever, sometimes I'm that guy on the beach who puts his hands up and goes, God, I thank you for the righteousness. And I'm just entwining my life with your life and I am righteous because you said I'm righteous and it's so amazing to just be in right standing with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's so amazing to be loved. And some of you, some of you still don't believe that's true. Can I just say, some of you need to say that to yourself every day, every day, God, I'm righteous. And when the enemy goes, oh, you did this wrong, God, I'm also reminding you of the fact that it was a gift to be forgiven. Oh, you didn't earn anything. God, I'm also reminding you of the fact that the gift of grace was a free gift that I didn't have to work for. And it's grace that brings forgiveness, that brings righteousness that comes out of salvation. Are you getting that this morning? You know, the enemy comes and he wants to bring condemnation. He wants to bring judgment. He wants to bring criticism. That never is the voice of your father. God brings conviction, not condemnation. And if you wonder what the difference is, one of them makes you feel like animal excrement, fill in the blank. And the other one kind of makes you feel whole and clean. Even when you've done the wrong thing, it's still, oh God, thank you for letting me know that I've done the wrong thing. But if you're not feeling peace with that conviction, then it's condemnation. And if it's condemnation, it's not from your heavenly father. If it's condemnation, it's not from your heavenly Father. If you, f- I really want to say it, but I've got a board member sitting on the front row there and he definitely will not appreciate it. But if you feel like, I'll just spell it because that makes it more holy. If you feel like S-H-I-T all the time, that is not from God. If that's how you feel, all the time that you don't measure up and you don't live up and you're a piece of junk and a garbage and a bit that steps on the ground. That is not your heavenly father. He is not telling you that. He is not reminding you of that. He is not bringing that up. He is not talking to you about it. How do I know? Because he has given you the gift of salvation. When Jesus went to the cross, he purchased a gift for you. He gave you a gift. He said, man, it's not something you're going to work for. It's a gift and I'm giving it to you. And he just says, please unwrap it. Please, please, there's another. Who's ever given their kids an amazing gift? And how much joy do you get when your kids' eyes are beaming? And that's how God feels when we unwrap this gift of salvation. When when we're happy, I know this is going to be heresy. When we're happy, He's happy. I know that's like, no, God's this sour-faced, lemon-sucking, bearded man who's always angry. He's not. And if that's the image you have of God, get another God. Get a God from the Scriptures. Get a vision and a picture and an image of a God who loved you so much, who loves you the same. Everyone say the same. As He loves Jesus Christ. He loves you the same, the same as He loves Jesus. He loves you the same as He loves Jesus. He loves you personally the same as He loves Jesus. He loves you at home the same as He loves Jesus. He loves you the same. He loves you the same. He loves you the same. 
When he looks at you because of the blood of his son, he doesn't see you, he sees the blood of his son and he loves you the same as he loves Jesus. He doesn't look at you and go, man, Angus, you did the wrong thing and I'm gonna remember that wrong thing you did from when you were five to when you were 50. That's not your heavenly father. And can I just say, thank God for that. Because when I was 15, man, some of the stuff that I did, I'm not telling you about. To this day, and I'm pretty transparent, but some of the stuff I did, I haven't told my wife. I remember how guilty I was and conflicted when I first became a Christian, when I first started unpack this salvation, when I first got to forgiveness. And I remember ringing my friend Ziggy and said, Ziggy, you know, I'm just, I'm feeling so bad because some of the things I did, I think I should tell my wife. Thank God for Ziggy's wisdom. And he looked at me and he went, well, he didn't look at me because it was over the phone and we didn't have phones like that. But he said to me, Phil, he said, Phil, you ready? You ready? The old Phil died. And that's not you anymore. And the new Phil, none of that is part of God's plan for your life. The old is dead. And behold, all things become new in Christ Jesus. See, you don't got to tell your wife something that you did before you became saved. You don't got to tell your family something you did before you became saved. Listen, the Spirit of God may put it on you to do that and that's okay. And you know how you know? Because you won't feel like the other word. You'll feel, you just feel peace to do it. That's okay. But if you're doing it out of guilt and condemnation, you're not doing it by the Spirit of God. You're doing it to appease your conscience and God is saying you haven't opened your gift of forgiveness. All right, that's not even in my notes. He gives you the gift of eternal life. You know, when we, we talk about eternal life, we go, yes. You know what so many of us do? We're like, we're going to wait until we're on our deathbed and then we're going to unwrap it because that's what we think of eternal life. It means when this life ends, then there's an eternal life that starts and that is not even scriptural. Eternal life didn't just mean, it didn't mean life that goes on forever, but it didn't just mean that. Eternal life to the mindset of the Jews in his day, the Hebraic mindset, was an abundant life. It was a life that was filled with the presence of God. So when they said, good teacher, what do you teach? Is eternal life. He said, this is what it means to get rid of all the worldly wealth and to trust in God and live out of that abundance of your heart. Stop trying to get it out of something else. And that's what he's saying eternal life is. In which which you can unwrap right now and step into eternal life today. It's, eternal life doesn't begin on your deathbed, it begins right now. And it goes on forever, but it, it begins right now. This abundance of peace and love and joy and grace that comes upon you and you can walk in that and stay in it. So I want to give you the eternal life. And then I, I want to give you a couple more this morning in this small amount of time and maybe I'll unpack this a bit more next week, but this is the bit I wanted to come to. Like all of that was just a preview to get to this. Because Jesus said in John 4, you're going to like this, in John chapter 4, verse 10, Jesus is talking to the woman by the well. And he's asked her for a drink of water. And she says, you know, you know what? And he says, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift, let me say it again, if you knew the gift, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would give you Living water. The gift of God comes from Jesus and Jesus will give you the gift of God, living water. And then we go, what's living water? Great, I'm so glad you asked me. 
Let's go to John chapter 7, verse 37. We're building here line upon line, precept upon precept. We're building a foundation that says, you know what? Salvation is great, but it comes with these multiple gifts. And we're going to keep digging in, and here comes another gift. And this gift is found in John chapter 4. Did I say that right? John 4, verse 10. Then he unpacks it a little bit more in John chapter 7. In John chapter 7, on the last great day of the feast, he says, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and I will give him. Or rather, let me just read it so I don't get it wrong. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of what? Come on. Rivers of living water. What did he say to the woman? If, if, if you knew who it was who was asking, you would have asked of me and I would have given you living water. He said, over here, they'll, they'll be coming out of you. If any man's thirsty, come to me and drink and out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. And we're still like going, I don't get it. I don't get it. So we're going to read the next verse. He says, but this he spoke. Verse 39. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit, everyone say Holy Spirit, Spirit. was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Holy Spirit hadn't been poured out. Holy Spirit hadn't been offered as a gift because Jesus hadn't gone to the Father. If you go to John chapter 16, verse 7, he says, it's better for you that I go away. It's also not in the scriptures that I gave to Courtney. He says, it's better for you that I go away for if I don't go, I will not be able to send the Holy Spirit. So he says, the Holy Spirit, you ready? The Holy Spirit is the living water. The living water is the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus didn't just want you to connect and be an empty hose. He wanted you to be a hose that was filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, you were wondering how I was going to bring that back in. There you go. So Jesus didn't just say, I'm going to give you the gift of salvation. He says, no, no, no. I'm going to give you a gift that keeps on giving. I'm not just going to give you something. I'm going to give you someone. If you were going to read through John more and more, you would see that he said, and he will never leave you. He will never leave you. And he will teach you and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said. He's not just giving you something, he's giving you some one. He's giving you the living water. He's giving you Holy Spirit. This is where it gets really cool. Because we need Holy Spirit. And it's kind of like, don't ask me what order this works, because I don't know. It's kind of like when you get Holy Spirit, He helps make more sense of the other gifts. Holy Spirit is the one who comes and He goes, you haven't unwrapped forgiveness. And you're like, I'm just feeling so bad. And He's like, I'm here to help you. I'm here. Holy Spirit is here. If you're a believer this morning, if you've come to Jesus, He has given you Holy Spirit. You can say, Holy Spirit, come into my life. I'm empty and I'm hollow as a hose. Come in to my life. As I come to Jesus and I receive right standing, you give me Holy Spirit. Do you know when the curtain in the temple was torn in two? It wasn't just so we could get to God. It was so God could get to us. The curtain in the temple was torn in two. It wasn't so, okay, great. Now we can push through the temple and push. But no, it was so the Holy Spirit could come into our lives and be a part of us. And do you know what the problem is so often? When it comes to Holy Spirit, I wish I had a nico and I had written on here Holy Spirit. Because so often when it comes to Holy Spirit, we're like, I don't understand Holy Spirit. And so I don't really, I kind of just leave Holy Spirit in the box of salvation. Yeah, He's there, but He's just there. 
what I want to say to you this morning, and hopefully over the next couple of weeks, is we need, we need Holy Spirit. We need Holy Spirit. It's, he's not an it, he's a he. And he wants to come and fill your life. And he wants to remind you of the other gifts. And he wants to help you in your walk. And you, you know, this week alone, and this is why I'm bringing this message up, this week alone, I'm not pointing out anybody, but I want to tell you this week is no different to so many other weeks that I live as a pastor in this church. As a senior minister of this church, this week, people talk to me about relationships that were strained. This week, people talk to me about marriages that were breaking. This week, people talk to me about sickness that was in their body. This week, people talk to me about financial strains and pressures that they were under. This week... People talk to me and talk to me and talk to me about all the issues and the struggles and the pressure and the stresses that they were dealing with and working with. And this week, I want to come to you and say, God has an incredible gift, the wonderful person of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, He's such an incredible gentleman. He's not going to come and barge His way into your life. He's going to come and say, would you... Would you invite me to be a part of your walk? And if you invite me to be a part of your walk, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to help you unpack salvation. There is so much more to salvation that we haven't experienced because we don't understand. There is so much more that the Holy Spirit wants to bring and unpack with us and we don't understand. And so we kind of just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, I heard about grace. Yeah, I heard about forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, salvation isn't even salvation. Wait, salvation is sozo. You know, sozo is healing. It's in there. It's in there. God, I just want you to heal me. I've already given it to you. It's in there. In, in there is prosperity. I don't believe in prosperity. Okay, don't. <coughs> I'm not going to convince you. You can be poor as much as you like. I'm okay with that. You're not going to offend me. Be poor. But I'm telling you, Deuteronomy says that he gave his people the power to get wealth. It's in there. It's in the gift. He gave his people. Put your hand up if you're one of his people. All right. Put your hand up if you're not. You know, I'm just kidding. Put your hand up if you're one of his people again. Come on, ready? Put your hands down. Put your hand up if he gave you the ability to get wealth. Yeah. It's in the... It's in the box. You might not be unpacking it and Holy Spirit might be coming and going, you know, you keep coming to God. God, I just need you to give me more money. God, I just am struggling financially. God, and Holy Spirit's going, use me. You know, I'm going to help you unpack that. I'm going to help you. You know, one of the blockages in the hose is that you're bitter and unforgiven and you're you're in unforgiveness. You're you're complaining and you're criticising and it's just blocking that flow. But if you would just come to me, I'll help you unblock that. And then you can access the prosperity and the blessings. And we say prosperity and people cringe. So let's just say God gives you the ability to get wealth in case you weren't sure, in case you just thought I was making it up. Can we please look at it? It's found in Deuteronomy. I'm really hoping right now that I gave... Courtney, that scripture. Deuteronomy 8.18. He says, and you shall remember the Lord. Deuteronomy 8.18. says, and you shall remember the Lord your God 
For it is he who gives you the power, everyone say power, to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, his, his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. He will give you the power to get wealth. The power to get wealth. We're going to move off this in a minute, but I'm going to stick here for a little bit longer. He will give you the power. What did Jesus say? Acts. Acts chapter 1. He says, but tarry in Jerusalem. Just wait for a while. As they were eating, he commanded them, wait in Jerusalem. Keep going for me, Cordy. You got this. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you beforehand. And what was the gift going to do? Go down another, to the next one, Cordy, for me. For John baptised with water, but in just a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Everyone say baptised. That means filled in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is in you. And by the way, just throwing it around, I'm really going to be quick because we're running out of time. But, but it was a Greek word, it was a Phoenician word. It kind of meant you know, when, a, when a boat went out to sea and it was baptismoed in the sea, it was baptised in the sea, it meant it sank. It meant it was in the water and the water was in it. That was baptised. When Jesus said, I'm going to baptise you in the Holy Spirit, means he's going to put the Holy Spirit in you and around you. And what's the Holy Spirit for? He said, he will give you power. Everyone say power. power. We say that word again, he'll give you power. What for? To be witnesses. He'll give you power to be witnesses. He'll give you power to get wealth. He'll give you power. When Jesus was praying for his people to be one, and we talked about this last week, you know, that he prayed for unity. He didn't just pray for unity. He gave you the power for unity. The power is in the box of salvation that we need to unpack. The power for unity is within the person of the Holy Spirit. I, man, I'm not even close to finishing my notes. I've got so much that I want to say to you. We started this year with Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. And we see this prophetic word from Zechariah to Zerubbabel. And he says, so he answered me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. It's not by what you can do in your own strength, not by what you can manipulate other people, but by, by my spirit. We need Holy Spirit. We need Holy Spirit's power. We need Holy Spirit to be a part of our life. And I feel like so often we leave so many of these gifts boxed up in the package of salvation. Isaiah 10, 27. I'm going to give you a few scriptures to finish off. Isaiah 10, 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The anointing is the Holy Spirit of God. The living water is the Holy Spirit of God. There's these pictures that he keeps putting out over and over again to help us have an earthly description of a heavenly reality. He talks about living water that quenches thirst. He talks about anointing oil that breaks every burden. If you're here this morning, you have a burden of sickness. The anointing wants to break the burden of sickness. You're here this morning 
and you have a burden of a broken marriage, the anointing wants to bring restoration. The Holy Spirit wants to bring restoration. If you're here this morning and you have a burden of being totally, utterly defeated and feeling guilt and shame, Holy Spirit wants to say, I want to come and be a part of your life and help you unpack forgiveness. So I'm going to ask you this morning, would you close your eyes? Would you just whisper to Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, I feel like I've neglected you. I feel like I've left you and you are the third person of the Trinity. I've just left you in the box. Today, Holy Spirit, can I invite you to come into my life? Holy Spirit, would you fill this hollow hose with your holy presence? Holy Spirit, I need your healing power upon me. I need your healing power. Acts says that Jesus was anointed by God with the Holy Ghost who went about doing good and healing all manner of sickness. The anointing of the Holy Ghost was with Jesus to bring healing. The anointing of the Holy Ghost was with Jesus to bring restoration that blind eyes would be open and deaf ears unstopped, that the dead would be raised. If you've got friends and family that you've been praying for, Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus to them. Let's not leave him in the box. Holy Spirit, would you come? And would you minister to us this morning? Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.